Welcome to the Graceway Sermon Cast. Graceway is a Baptist church located in Lexington, Kentucky. We have a heart for God and a deep love for people. You can learn more about our church by visiting www.gracewaylex.org. Now, here's this week's message. But let me ask you this question. What do you think is the chief end of mankind? What is God's ultimate intention for you? What would you say that is? What is the chief end of man? And let's, and let's ask that question with one given, okay? The one given is, this is the will of God that you might believe on the man, the, uh, the name of Jesus Christ that he has sent. So we know that's the beginning of it all, right? But let's talk about inside the context of that as believers. What do you think it is, is the chief goal of God for mankind? Spread the word, okay? Eternal life that he's given us in Christ. What else? What, what, what else do you have in there as it relates to what is God's intention for me Charles to know his heart you're my straight man today uh, anybody know what a straight man is <laughs> somebody else said praise him back there that's true right on target with that anybody else yes Pam to depend totally upon him it's good stuff so all of these things we, we are hearing, and there's many ways that we could express the things we're talking about. I want to go to a verse of scripture to start off this morning. This is our text that we're going to build off of this morning and, and try to understand this issue. In, in Acts chapter 13, verse 22, after removing him, that is God as he did some changing in leadership, right? He raised up David as their king and testified about him. I have found David, the son of Jesse, to be a man after my own heart who will do or who will carry out all my will. How many of you believe that everything that's stated in the word of God is stated exactly the way God wanted it to be stated? No accidents in the way he put it together. No accidents in the choice of words he presents to us. Especially the concept behind it all. I understand people have all kinds of understanding of, of versions and translations. But the core meaning and concept there is intentionally clear. I have found David, a man after my own heart. And in that same verse kind of gives us a little bit of a definition of what a man after God's own heart is. Right after he says it. A man who will carry out all my will. That's, that's powerfully stated and intentionally stated. And there's some uh, implications innate in that statement. Not a man who will carry out his own will... A man who will carry out my own will. And that's what defines him as a man who happens to have a heart after God. <laughs> because he's a guy who's willing to carry out all the will of God as God reveals it to him. That's interesting. To do the will of God is God's desire for us. 
It's not necessarily that you become like somebody else. Your great spiritual hero that you think of and you think your life is supposed to be just like them. That's not the will of God. To get all the work and the church that needs to be done, done. That's not the will of God. Those things could be encompassed within part of the will of God. Or to be the greatest success that you can possibly be. You're going to be all that you can be for Jesus. All that's good, but that's not the ultimate will of God. The ultimate will of God is that you will do His will. Not your will. So these two thoughts have been thoughts that have driven me for years. But it was interesting as I was studying this week and praying. God kind of uniquely in my mind brought these two concepts together. I think for the first time in a way that I've never seen before. That the heart for God is absolutely intertwined and connected to the intention to do all of God's will. They can't be separated. To be a person who says, I want to do all the will of God, you must be a person that has a heart for God or you won't even want that. <laughs> to be a person who says, I have a heart for God like David has a heart for God, I know that's, that's what God wants for me, then you must be a person who's committed to do all all the will of God in your life as he reveals it. Not when it's comfortable, not when it's easy, not when you like it, not when it's timely. All. Because you are a man or a woman after his own heart. They are tightly and inseparably intertwined. And that's, that's the kind of person the scripture reminds me in 2 Chronicles 16.9 that God is going all over all the earth Searching to and fro, that verse says. Seeking one. That's interesting. A lot of people on the earth. I mean, th is this that scarce? Evidently so. You mean throughout all the millions of Christians in the world, it's not automatically innate in every single one of them that they all have a completely devoted heart to God that is so real and genuine that they are determined no matter how hard or what it might be, they will do all of the will of God as much as they are possibly capable of as they depend on the Spirit of God for strength to do so. You would think that's just a given as children of God, right? Evidently not. What's that? Not so much. Not so much. But God sees when he finds one of those. And it blesses his heart. And as a matter of fact, he's made, a, he's made an intentional plan for that person. If you read the rest of Chronicles 16, four, uh, 9, seeking one whose heart is completely his, who knows the rest of that verse? That he might bless him. <laughs> That's how God feels towards that person. He wants to find that kind of heart. He wants to find that kind of devotion. He wants to find that kind of intention. And when he finds that one, all he can do is pour out his blessing on him. Does that mean they'll never have a problem? Doesn't mean that. But that person surely knows what it means to walk through the valley and him be there with them. That person surely knows what it means that they will not face anything that will overcome them because of their relationship with their master. It's a... It's a unique thing. It's an unbelievably beautiful imitation of our God. 
but he offers it to us, and he will not mandate it. It will have to be something that is born in the heart of the individual that will respond. Years ago, I, I came up to an understanding uh, and awareness of uh, trying to disciple people. You know, we talk about this thing of, you know, in discipleship, we've got to hold people accountable. You ever everybody heard that? How do you do that? Well, you go and you tell them, they, okay, what if they don't listen to you? What if they tell you, bug off? Listen, I'm tired of listening to you. You can't hold somebody accountable unless what? what? They want to be held accountable. They have volitionally decided, I need someone to help me in my walk with God. Will you help me? Would you come to me when you see a gap in my life? I'm going to submit to what you say, and I'm going to hear what you say, and I'm going to seek application of what God would want me to learn from it. Please do that for me. That person can be held accountable. Outside of that, it cannot happen. That relates to me this concept of, of the idea of having a heart for God. You cannot uh, train or develop in someone else a heart for God. That's got to be something they want. I, I've taught people for years in discipleship relationships. A heart for God is not taught. A heart for God is caught. They become so consumed with who God is in their life, they want nothing else. And their heart fully belongs to him at that point. And that's what God desires for us. And when he sees that, man, he jumps all over that. So I want to bless this person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just show them how good I really am. And so no matter what life brings... And he knows they're going to be exposed to tough things in life. No matter what life brings, that person gets to see fulfillment of God's word over and over and over. Psalm 46.1. You know, it always comes to my mind. Our most present help is our God in time of need. He just proves it to them. Over and over, no matter what we go through. Well, a lot of that wasn't in, in, in the uh, plan book there. <laughs> Except by God, it was by him. <laughs> I want to go a little further in this whole idea of what it means to have a heart for God. What it means to listen to the will of God. A guy named Henry Drummond I'm reading a lot right now. I have been for several years. And some of y'all pass a book out to him. He talks a lot about the will of God and how to walk in the will of God. And, and understand how to be submissive to that. And, and uh he really nails down this idea and this awareness that we contend with every day. There is this idea that we are all called to as Christians to be conformed to the image of God, right? To be obedient to his word like I was sharing with the kids a little while ago. And in the context of that, we develop the character of Christ. We're supposed to be like the firstborn of many brethren. And in the context of that, we develop a testimony, a Christian life. That honors God. He calls that the universal will of God. We're all called to that as believers. Some submit to that better than others. <laughs> we all grow into that or we don't grow into that. 
But that's the universal will of God for all of us. It's no different. So where do we get the information on how to, how to walk that out and live that out? Right here in God's Word, right? And so we have it very clear for us and spelled out for us. This is God's will for us on many, many matters, without a doubt. And then we also have some directives on issues that really make a difference to us in our daily life, on how we figure out what God wants us to do. We're going to get to that part now. That, that would be somehow beginning or, or learning how to understand the particular will of God. We have this universal will of God for us. But don't we all have some concept of an awareness that God has a particular will for us in many areas of our life? For example, how many of you have ever... <laughs> You better have done this. How many of you prayed when you met somebody that you thought you were going to marry to? God, is this really the one? Yeah, I'm glad some of us did, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we do, we do, right? Why would we ask that question unless we think God has an answer to it? I mean, let me just use that illustration and explode that up a little bit. I and mean, don't we do that in all areas of life? Why do we live where we live? Why, do, why don't we move to another town? Why don't we pray about it before we go to another town? Do we think God has an intentional particular will for us in doing so? We must or we're not asking him, right? We must be aware that he has some plans. You know, we've got that in Jeremiah. I have plans for you. Do we think that that plan is solely, only those things that he's detailed on how to live the Christian life in the Bible? Or is there some sense in the context of that verse that I have a plan for how to use you in your life? How am I going to find that out? What am I supposed to do? Who's going to tell me that? And so we go and we pray and we ask God, God, what's, what's your particular will for me? You know, uh, 30... Three, 32 years ago, I had a, a decision to make about whether I moved from Columbus to Lexington. God, what, what is your will for that as it relates to me? What is your particular will? Now you could say, well, you know, God doesn't care. You just do all those things and just do whichever one you want. And you know, because you're in Christ and you're committed to obeying everything Christ shows you in his word, which is true, we're committed to that. As it relates to decisions it really, like that in life, it really doesn't matter. You know, you can pick any of them and it'll be okay. Is that right? So I could, I, you could have gone and married any old Jezebel you wanted to? Or you could have gone to marry, you get me? I mean, whatever other decisions we're talking about. I mean, or, and, and if that is true, then why do we even pray about it? Why do we go ask him? I mean, obviously we're aware that God wants to direct our life, right? God wants us to give us insights and show us how to, to live this life. He has an intention for us. He has an intention for us in our partners. He has an intention for us, would you believe this, even in your career? Hmm. I remember years ago sitting with a guy at a table and I was in a discipleship relationship with him and we were talking about, you know, God directing us and, and how God guides us in life and he has an intention for us in our life. And, and, well, you know, I don't know if that's always the case. And I said, well, you know, we just get jobs and stuff. And I said, well, let me ask you this. He happened to work at Toyota. I said, why do you work at Toyota? Well, because... I need to put a paycheck. I mean, I need a paycheck. I said, no, no, no. Why do you work at Toyota? Well, I need to put food on the table. I mean, I want to provide for my family. Yeah, but, but why really do you work at Toyota? All right, you're driving at something. What's the answer? 
you work at Toyota to be a reflection of the image of Jesus Christ to every individual that sees you at Toyota. And God's determined he wants to use you in that capacity, in that location, and that's why you're working at Toyota. If you're a believer, that's the truth. And you can plug that into every occupation in this building. <laughs> you are there not because you woke up someday and decided, hmm, I'm pretty good at this, I think I'll do this. But somehow or another in the makeup of who God made you to be, he wired you in such a way and guided you and directed you to a place where you are in life that he could then use you in a setting that he wanted to use you and you think God didn't know anything about it. I was sitting this morning, not this morning, yesterday morning looking out the window at our, at our uh, house where we live and I noticed this plant and I noticed another plant. Connie's kind of a plant person. And they're totally different in every respect. And then we as creationists believe that God made everything specifically and intricately for a purpose. You know, if the tree, if the oxygen level and all that was out of balance, nobody's living in this room. If the carbon dioxide that goes back out is not in balance, then all the things that we're living off of is not going to be there, and so now we're not living again. I mean, we can go on and on and on about the details of creation and all that kind of stuff. And then I look at these little plants out there, and there's one that's growing in a specific way and producing a certain fruit, and then there's another totally different. And we think of God who is that interested in creation and the minute details of how the creation would work would not have the same concept for us individually? I believe he does. So here's where a lot of people get bent out of shape. And this is where we're going to go next. Because I understand what happens and how the enemy works. If we really want to say we believe that God cares about all of our decisions and who we're supposed to be and who we're supposed to be with and our, our job and how we handle stewardship and where we live and all that kind of stuff, then we fall into this trap that some people mess up, in my opinion, on, and we start thinking, oh, well, you know, I might make a bad decision if I don't ask the right question. God, do I wear a blue shirt today or a red shirt today? And what if I put on the wrong shirt? Oh, no, I'm going to mess up the will of God. No. <laughs> That's not the way it works. The heart for God just seeks to honor God. So I want to break it down on how do we really learn how to get a handle on this particular will that we're to follow and that we're to learn and that we're to live out. So let me just throw a few thoughts to you. The particular will of God for your life is often revealed in your pursuit of the universal will of your life. And we've already talked about what the universal will of life is, right? Understanding the word of God, walking in it, and obeying it. As a matter of fact, God said that's so important. That's so important that he'd rather have that than your religious, you know, activities that you do all the time. That he would rather you understand what his clear direction is for your life than you looking so polished to everybody else in your religious life he is more interested in obedience than sacrifice and so we must first understand that to get a handle on particular will we better have a handle on universal will we better have a handle on okay I've settled in my heart to do your will oh God I want to learn your word 
I want to walk in obedience to, the, to your word. I'm going to come back and revisit this idea because it's, it's kind of ridiculous for us to go ask God for clarity about the particular direction of our life and will, and his will in our life. We do that all the time. God, would you help me make this decision? Fill in the blank. Isn't it kind of ridiculous we'd go ask God for that when we know he's given some real clear things on other stuff in our life and in those areas we said, nah, I'd rather not. I'm going to live the way I kind of want to. I know what you want about this in my life. You've made it clear in your universal will for all those who follow you. But because I'm not really comfortable with that, I'm not sure I want to do that yet in my life. I've set that aside. I'm not going to do that right now. Oh, but by the way, God, I really need to know what you want me to do over here. There's a, there's a verse for that. God is not mocked. What a man sows, he reaps. <laughs> God knows. God knows when we're playing those games. <laughs> and so he wants us to first come to grips with reality as it relates to, okay, God, those things you've made plain and clear for me, that's a done deal for me. I know if I really want to understand your particular will, I've got to be committed to what you've called for and the universal will of God for my life for all believers. We can go through Scripture and see a lot of examples of this. You know, as it relates to giving. Uh-oh, don't go messing with that. Stewardship. Relationships. How to handle those. Honesty. Avoiding deception. You know, vices that we get caught up in that are controlling our life. Understanding what it means to live out the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, we can go on and on, right? A lot of it there for us to just be honest about and say, God, I just want to walk in agreement with those things you've made clear for me in your universal will for my life. Let me just point out another point. The particular will of God is often revealed in resolve toward obedience. In other words, as I get toward this thing of wanting to know the particular will of God... By the way, what if God should tell you the answer that you're asking him for a particular viewpoint on his will on, and it doesn't turn out being the answer you wanted? Uh-oh. <laughs> it's happened. <laughs> That's right. It's happened to me too. And in that case, if the issue of the resolve for obedience has not already been settled, you're in a mess. Because now I stand in opposition to what God wants in my life. God, would you show me your will on this? Okay, here's what I want you to do. Oh, man. It can't be like that. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. And yet God wants us to know that direction and will in our life. And he really knows our heart already. Did you know that? Have you ever thought that the possibility of not getting the particular direction of God in your life on certain areas is because sometimes it's related to the issue that God already knows you're struggling with whether you're going to obey Him or not anyway. Why would He waste His time? That sounds kind of mean. <laughs> but He knows our hearts, right? He knows everything about us. 
So the resolve to obedience have to, has to be there. And we read that verse with the kids, and you saw that already. In Deuteronomy uh, 28, verse 1, it also gives us some insight to that. Now it shall be, if you're diligently obeying the Lord your God, being careful to do all His commandments which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. There's a great blessing that comes with a resolve to walk in obedience to God. God longs to bless that one who just has an obedient heart. And he wants to direct that one because he already knows what will happen when he directs them. They're one that's going to do my will. Why wouldn't I direct that one? He's going to accomplish his goals in that person. In Psalm 103 verse 20 it says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. When we have resolved to walk in obedience to the word of God, his clear direction, his universal will, then it's, it stands to reason we're in a better position to be able to get an answer on the particular will of God for our life. What about, uh, what about how God really wants to direct you, not just, just in the context of a written word, but in a presence of a relationship? You know, God, can, did you know God can speak through a thousand things? I mean, you got some of these guys that says that God speaks to them through nature, and that's all they, that's all they look at, and they're making a mistake. <laughs> but but do, can he speak through nature? Certainly he can. Romans 1 tells us that. And can God speak through people? Have you ever had someone come into your life and they said something and it was like an arrow that hit you? That It was as if, as if God was saying to you, hey, that was for you. God can speak through people. He can speak through circumstances. I mean, I'm not talking about the 90-foot Jesus that stands up and says, hey, I want you to do this. I'm talking about the Spirit of God who dwells within you and you are led by, according to Romans 8, 1, and if you're not, you're none of His. I'm talking about God does have inside of you that still small voice. The Holy Spirit that directs you and guides you and wants you to know how to be led by Him. And so the scripture's clear. Jesus said it this way, my sheep, hear my voice. You ever wondered why Jesus didn't just say, for those of us who think it's just about only hearing the word of God and not that God could speak through other things, why didn't Jesus just say, my sheep, hear the word of God, and they do it. But here he said, they, my sheep, hear my voice. And later we find out the Holy Spirit that comes to dwell within us is going to remind us of everything Jesus ever taught. And he's going to lead us into all truth because he's going to guide us. And so, if we have a heart of obedience, he's much more readily able to do that, right? We're committed to that. The particular will of God is revealed in deep love for God. And desire to do all his will. Our text told us that. In, in Acts 13, 22. The heart for God is a heart that's in deep love with God. That's what it means to have a heart for somebody, doesn't it? We, we get that. 
when we recognize that internal full commitment of our heart to another, it's like we would give our life for that, right? And so that's the concept that God's talking about here. And so in that person that has that, there is also in that, that deep desire to do the will of God. The particular will of God is, is easier to find out when you have an awareness in you that you have a deep love for God and a desire to do all His will. Let me just submit a thought to you. Is there some reservation in you as it relates to a desire to do all the will of God as he would reveal it to you. I want to submit to you there might be a heart problem. If that's a problem. There might be a, a love relationship problem. If that's the problem. And that you ought to really get honest about that. So that you can come with the Lord and say God it's time for me to be honest. I'm, I'm holding back. My, my heart is not completely yours and so I want to get honest about that well I want to tell you what have you ever restored with somebody that you love deeply and they love you deeply what happens after that makeup time right I mean y'all been through that a lot I know it no I'm just <laughs> you get what I'm talking about right there's that instant oh man I'm so glad you came there's that instant isn't this the way it's supposed to be everything kind of gets put all those problems are now dropped behind us and we move on together and don't you know God is ready for that <laughs> always <laughs> so that we can walk in deeper love relationship with him and choose because of that to want to do all his will so now let's, let's funnel down a little further because we're getting to this issue of well, how do we always know what His will is on those specific things? How do I know if I should wear a red shirt or a blue shirt? I'm, I'm using that illustration facetiously. I hope you know. I want you to know God probably doesn't care about your red shirt or blue shirt. But here, listen to this. Connie and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday. This is where we get out of balance on seeking the will of God. And we go and all these ridiculous things we turn into a big issue. Does God really care I wear a red shirt or blue shirt? I think not. Unless, here's the illustration. I walk into my closet one morning and I see my red shirt and my blue shirt. And for some reason, I reach for the red shirt and I think, no, I'm going to wear the blue shirt. And for some reason, I begin to think, why do I care I want to wear that blue shirt? That's kind of stupid. And I'm, I'm going through it in my mind. I don't even, I'm not even sure I like that blue shirt. But I'm definitely going to wear that blue shirt. Lord, are you trying to tell me today that you care about a blue shirt? That's stupid. But I kind of feel like I'm going to wear my blue shirt today. I put it on. And about eight hours down the road in the day, that blue shirt happened to have maybe a logo or something on it. That some guy saw that came over to me and said, hey, I saw your logo and I noticed that it has uh, some reference to this. And hey, that's kind of been my life and I've been in that world for a long time. But, and I get to talking to this individual and pretty soon that individual starting to ask about life and how life goes in my life. And I, we're talking about struggles and how to overcome struggles. And here all of a sudden I get to start talking to them about Jesus and the answers of Jesus in my life and how that made a difference to me. 
and he can make a difference to you. And now did that blue shirt matter? Not that I, hear me, hear me, don't make a mess of this illustration, okay? I'm not saying every morning go into your closet and say, okay, God, I need to know which shirt, is it blue or is it red? I mean, I'm just saying, you know, one out of a million times he could care less. I mean, all of them except for one, he could care less. But if you have in you the Holy Spirit that sometimes prompts you in one direction or another, you learn to listen to that prompting. And could it be possible that God would prompt and initiate something like that, and you on your end are able through the Holy Spirit to hear a particular will of God about something, and you kind of lean in that direction. And as you go in that direction, somehow later he validates it and shows it to be true. But if I'm a person who's not even interested in listening to God daily, or interested in this particular will, I miss all of it. Now, I know there's going to be questions. I'm going to have people coming later saying, man, that's pretty weird, Brother Chris. Do you think God cares if you wear a blue or red shirt? Go listen to this again later. You missed me, okay? <laughs> so I'm wrapping up with this because this is the real issue. Because what I've just got done telling you about is a, is a person's heart who is subtle to the will of God and can be led by him through the Holy Spirit. So then the issue becomes then, how do, I, how do I have that kind of heart? How do I get that? You just told me that you can't mold that and build that. No, it comes through relationship. And you, you've got to desire him that much in you. And so the particular will of God is revealed to the one who has a heart for God. And is willing to do all. His will. And so now I'm getting down to the nitty gritty. How do I live that out day to day? How do I learn to be led in that direction? Let me ask you. Have you ever known somebody that they come and they tell you they need to have your advice about a matter? And, and you're just initially a little hesitant. Because your history with this person is it goes in one ear and out the other. And they're not going to listen to a word you say anyway. And you've been through it so many times, but they come again, and they come again, and they come again, and it's almost like a wasted moment, <laughs> you know. As we settle this issue of fully, completely having a heart for him, and fully committed to do all his will as he reveals it, particular will, who to marry, what to do, how to handle finances, doesn't matter, everything in life submitted to as he leads, God knows which one of those two individuals you are. <laughs> The one that goes, or the one who embraces and said, okay, now God, help me to do this. Help me to follow as you lead. And so we have that verse I talked about in Chronicles. God's looking for that guy, that gal. No reservations. Completely obedient. Let me just say this. As we talk about hearing this particular will as he leads, as we pray and we ask him to show us and we get this prompting in our heart and our ho the Holy Spirit inside of us kind of, you know, unites with that and gives us this confidence. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. Happened to me 41 years ago in asking if I should marry this lady over here. I mean, that's, that's a great illustration because that one's really prominent in our minds, right? 
But it's like that about all kinds of stuff that happened to me when I tried to figure out whether I was moving to Lexington from Ohio when I lived up in Ohio. Happened to me, and I could tell you a number of houses that we bought throughout the years. Happened to me. I mean, I could go on and on and on, and you've got those illustrations too, right? Where somehow or another, as you ask God for direction and His will in a matter, that something happened in you that you kind of had this proclivity to one direction, and you sensed it must be the Lord. I got the, we call it this, the peace of God on the matter. Which was really the unification of the Holy Spirit with your spirit in directing you. And you got to that place, and you move forward because of that. But see, you can't manufacture that. That gets born in you as you learn to walk in the particular will of God as it relates to obeying His Word, as it relates to being fully devoted to Him and completely His. I really believe... It only appears that real heart for God and the one who deeply desires to be obedient to the will of God both in character and in missional purpose. What do I mean by that? What if God should direct you to be useful to him in a way that wasn't part of your plan? This is a good time for me to use this illustration. Okay, I'm going to give you an illustration Although he watches on, on TV a lot. So if he watches this, if he watches the Facebook, he's going get, to get the example. So we had a couple of weeks ago. I'm just giving you a real life example of what we're talking about. We had a couple of weeks ago a guy visit our church from Seattle, Washington. All he knew of us was watching this on Facebook. He comes in the door. I introduce myself. He says, yeah, I know who you are. He said, uh, I said, hey, you know who I am. I've never seen you here before. He said, well, I've seen you on Facebook. So, you know, we had a, went out to lunch. I think Jamel and Brittany was there too. I had a great time talking with him. And as I was listening and getting to know him, I'm listening about his car cra- breakdown. On the way here, his car broke down in Kansas City, Missouri. Just met him that morning, okay? So he tells us the struggle he's having. He's waiting to get it fixed. And I was talking to him later, a couple of days later that week. And he's, you know, still waiting on it to get fixed. And he's Ubering everywhere, I find out. Can you imagine? Here, as a seminary student at Asbury, Ubering everywhere. And I hear that, and I'm praying, and I'm asking God to help him get all that figured out. (laughs) And God gives me one of those particular will of God for me in relationship to it. Chris, you got this car sitting out here that you're not using. That I had it for sale. God didn't tell me to give it to him yet, but he did tell me to call him and ask him if he'd like to use his car until he gets his car situation figured out. Once he's made a decision, let me know. Now think about how in the world's mind stupid that is. I met the guy one time, went to lunch with him for, you know, 40 minutes. He's got something that's got my legal name on it. You know, I gave him the keys to it. <laughs> go drive this, go wherever you want, use it while you want, that's fine. And then I'm thinking about, Lord, why would I do that? <laughs> because it's my particular will for you in this moment to bless this young man. Okay. It's not mine anyway. 
If that's what you want, that's what I'll do. How do you, how do you end up hearing stuff like that? I don't know. Other than to say that you develop in yourself, because you're the only one who can, nobody else can for you, an intention of your heart to be obedient no matter what the Spirit of God prompts you to do. And if he does, you do it. Well, I've been trying to live that way for 40 years now. And those kind of things that I just explained to you are not so crazy sounding to me as they used to. I mean, I've got other stories. I'm sure y'all have them too. But I'm just saying, when you walk into that and begin to do that, it becomes the normal for you. Because you've already settled for yourself. As he reveals his will, my heart is completely settled that it's his. And I will obey whatever his will is for me. I want to tell you, there ain't no life like this Christian life when you walk into that. It is a great ride. <laughs> to know that the God of this universe would direct you like that and somehow use you in the life of someone you've never met before and be a part of what he's doing through all that. I mean, we could go on and on, right? That's how tightly these two things are connected. The heart for God, the willingness to do all His will. And out of that, guess what comes? I'm, my time's up. I know that. But out of that, guess what comes? Bless Him. That I might bless Him. I've had tons of people in my life. And listen, blessing is not about stuff only, right? We all get that, right? I got a lot of stuff. I've been blessed with a lot of stuff. I don't think it's accidental. I just don't believe it is. I think it's tightly connected to the things we're talking about. I've got a lot of blessing in my family. I've enjoyed it for a lot of years. I don't think it's accidental. I don't believe in that stuff. I think it's connected to all this. I've had a lot of blessing in relationships with people through the years in the kingdom of God. I don't think it's accidental. It doesn't happen like that. I believe it's tightly connected to this. And I think it's true for all of us. And his blessing is in a million ways. Now you could say, you mean you've never had any challenges in life? I did not say that. But I can tell you this, my challenges don't have me. And somehow in the midst of those, I'm going through them in the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not pitching any tents there and camping out because I'm going through. And I'm watching him constantly lead me. And his rod and his staff, they comfort me in the midst of those times. That's the life. The intentional will of God for us is to do his will. Not just in the particular things of obedience. That's a big part of it. You can't get to the latter without the former. But as you're doing that, even breaking it down further and further and further in your life. To where you know you're just being led. So I'm closing with this. Believe it or not. <laughs> I'm going back. You've heard me say this before. Some of you. I've just got to remind you. Because I thought it was such a great illustration. Because we all get to this question mark. How do I know? Blue shirt or red shirt? <laughs> How do I know? And do I have to ask a question about all those kind of silly little things? I don't think you have to. Then how do you know? So I'm sitting at the table at Denny's Restaurant in Florida. With Peter Lord. Who was a great mentor for me.
And I asked him that question. Peter, you wrote this book about hearing God, and people are always asking you about how do you hear the voice of God, and what do you tell people when it comes to the little day-to-day -day things that everybody want to know? Is this really God, or is it not God? And here's what he said. Here's what I know about me. My heart is completely the Lord's. And as he reveals it, I will do his will. And so I have come to the place that I understand it's the normal for God to be leading me. And I should just follow what he leads me to do. And it's the rare thing that I am faced with an issue of making a bad decision on that because... It doesn't line up with all the things that I know are of God. So here's the deal. He said, I trust the Holy Spirit to lead me. And I believe he is. And he guides my heart. He guides my thought process. He guides the way I'm doing this or doing that. You know, and as he's doing that, it's in my heart to just follow his lead. Now, when I come to a place, and he didn't define it the way I'm defining it, but this was the nature of our conversation. When I come to a place... When I'm trying to find out the particular will of God on some issue in my life. And I get a hesitancy in my spirit. Well guess what? That's when I start saying God. Maybe this is not of you is it? Or when I come to a place that I know what I'm wanting to do. Doesn't line up with this in some form or fashion. God. I guess that can't be you can it? Because it doesn't line up with who you are. Or when I come to a place that I know my selfish will and my selfish desires and my selfishness is feeling hurt <laughs> over or, or, or wanting something that I shouldn't be wanting. It's becoming about me. I begin to say, well, God, that doesn't seem to line up with your character, does it? Maybe this one's not you. <laughs> But he said, outside of that, if I'm honest with myself, if I'm trusting the Holy Spirit who lives in me to lead me, if I know I've determined I will do all his will as he reveals it to me, both in the nature of his character and direction for me, and the decisions that matter in life, I'm going to do that. When as I'm walking in that, it stands to reason, doesn't it, that he would lead me in his path and direct me. And so I just obey. And I just, so that's why a decision like giving the keys to somebody that you don't even know, not that big a deal. Or whatever illustration you want to fill it in blank with. Did you know God cares about you that much? He wants to direct you like that. Do you know he's that interested in what's going on in your life? That's kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? Let's pray. Father, this issue is so important to us because... Thank you for listening today. At Graceway, our strongest desire is to glorify Christ by telling everyone about His grace. If you have questions or are in need of spiritual help, please reach out to us by visiting www.gracewaylex.org and click on the Contact Us section, or you can email us at gracewaylex at gmail.com. Our worship services are held each Sunday at 1030 a.m. We'd love to worship with you this week. Until next time, take care and walk in the way of grace.